everyone, welcome to the 30th episode of Mixtape Book Club podcast. My name is Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of fan fiction um, dedicated to Destiel. In this episode, we're going to have a look at some fics that feature um, everyone's favourite trope. Like, a lot of people have this as their favourite trope, and that's enemies to lovers. And to discuss her fic, This Cursed Sanctum, we would like to welcome author All My Stars, also known as Jess. Hi, Jess. Hello. Welcome. So the other fics we're going to talk about today um, include The the Galaxy's Most Wanted by Sultan Halo, Don't Stop Texting Me by, now I'm going to say this wrongly because it has odd punctuation but I think it's feel the beat <laughs> and um, such a sweet surprise by Le, F- Le Furlong I don't know if I said that correctly either but let's roll with it <laughs> as always saying AO3 names out loud is the bane of our existence <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> okay and as always links to those fix and all of the ones that we mentioned today will be available um, in the episode's post on the blog on mixtapebooktopical.com and included in our collection on AO3. Um, so a couple of things before we start actually talking about these fics today. Um, we just had on last weekend um, the uh, More Profound Con, um, which was our online Destiel Con, the first kind of mini version of it to try and make sure that we could actually do it. And we had such a lovely... Um, you know, big turnout. So thank you everyone who registered and came along to listen to our panel on, um, we were talking about alternate, like AU fix and writing them. Um, that was a weird description of that, but you know, um, (laughs) it was, it was really, um, lovely to see so many people there and, and, um, it is really exciting that we're going to have a much longer and more varied um, event on November 5th and 6th later this year in 2022 and that will probably try to encompass more time zones like spread out over a longer time um, because I know quite a few people in Australia and like the sort of Asian time zones weren't able to come because it was like the middle of the night. Um, yeah, you had to get up at some horrific hour of the morning to moderate our panel. I felt so bad for you. <laughs> it, was, it was a sleepy morning, but that's okay. It was worth it. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, that one in November is going to be a lot more interactive as well, we're hoping. So we're hoping to have, um, you know, some kind of a, a, a social component, either a Discord server or something like um, Gather or, you know, one of those graphical kind of spaces where people can group together and talk um and yeah it should be like a much bigger variety of panels and lots more people involved so keep your eye out for a survey for expressions of interest for for that coming up soon and thank you to everyone who came along this weekend yeah and thank you to all the organizers as well because it was you know it was a fun experience it was fun to do it and it seemed you know from the chat like people were enjoying it so i've heard lots of good things and good feedback so thank you to, to amy and to krisha and to you as well for all the work that you did Ellen, so. thank you it was a lot of fun <laughs> if you registered but couldn't make it the recording of it um, is available you just have to email 
the, um, the con email address um, and request it. But And I think we're looking at ways possibly to make it available to people who didn't register, but um, there's a sort of a bit of a privacy issue and all that stuff. So we're working through that and um, yeah, watch this space on that. But yeah, it was good fun anyway. So we do have one more exciting thing to mention today. Well, it's exciting and nerve-wracking in a way, a little bit. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk to you about the launch of the Mixtape Book Club um, coffee account, or Kofi account, however you might pronounce that. There has been a little bit of an ongoing saga with this for us in that we did actually get everything set up on Patreon a few weeks ago, but then things things happened <laughs> and we decided that we weren't necessarily really comfortable using that platform so we had to juggle some things around and now finally a few weeks later than planned <laughs> um we are now ready to announce our um coffee space to you yay so congrats guys as as everybody probably knows um Obviously, Ellen and I do not have any advertising on this podcast. We don't, um, you know, have any kind of you know, sponsors or anything like that. We just uh, do everything ourselves <laughs> um, from like the hosting to the giveaways um, because we don't ever want to, you know, force everybody to have to sit through ads or any, any of that kind of stuff. It's not really not really what we're about here and our coffee is going to work in a way that hopefully reflects that we don't ever want to cut anybody off from content or put any kind of paywall up that will stop anybody from listening to the podcast as they wish um so if you go there to mixtape book club on uh coffee which you will see linked on our blog and we'll throw up on on twitter and everything as well um you will see that there are you know, lots of different tiers at different prices, whatever people are comfortable with donating towards the upkeep of the podcast. Uh, but it's purely donation based. So you're not going to, you know, people who can afford to donate more are not going to necessarily, you know, get something that other people won't be able to get. So um, hopefully everybody will understand why we chose to do it that way. <laughs> um, and uh We'll be very grateful for anybody who decides to support us and come along and join our Discord server and talk about all of the upcoming fix with us and have all kinds of fun. Yeah, totally voluntary. You don't need to do anything if you don't want to. Just um, it just helps us out a bit if you appreciate the content that we put out for you guys. Awkward kind of moments aside, <laughs> um, shall we? Shall we talk about some enemies to lovers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely less awkward than talking about that yeah. all right yes i was gonna say at the start of this that um that our our boys in canon have like the ultimate kind of enemies to love a story really don't they like when they first met it was like a stab in the heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably not a lot of couples that can say that hopefully oh. yeah <laughs> so, hopefully yeah. yeah well it's a very short love affair if that's the case <laughs> In most cases, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they really weren't the best of friends to start with. Um, I think it changed. Uh, well, say it changed quite quickly. It did take a decent portion of season four for them to get to the point where they kind of genuinely trusted each other. I think. Um, but then they got there, and there was a big, a big like turnaround. 
Destiel moment for me when they were in the green room much further on towards the end of season four. Yeah. And uh, I think to me that was like quite a big, a big moment. I think most people would agree where Tess decides to help Dean. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely enemies to lovers. Yeah, there's a lot of um, warring kind of opinions on when the the actual loving part actually came into play, right? Like there could be so many points throughout the series where you're like, yeah, they're definitely, definitely in love here. And then later on it's like, actually, maybe not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I can leave our listeners to argue about that. <laughs> That's fine. I think everybody has their own, like, slightly different interpretation of how they see it. And it's all, it's it's all valid. It's fine. As long as you let other people have their opinions too, it's all good. (laughs) And we've got so many different, like, um, canonverse fics that actually explore, like, each different era of the show and, uh, you know, have that actual falling in love moment. In, in all different times. So, um, yeah, something for yeah, everyone. Now the show's over, it's actually quite interesting to go back and look at those stories as well and kind of see, like, where it could have diverged at so many points. But obviously the show just kept on going and was just on air forever. So... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there are they so many kind of rewrites and, and canon divergent fix that at various point went, okay, now this is where it could happen and this is where we could go from here. And then mm-hmm. the show had to come along and well, Kripke them, I guess. It's kind of like being Jost, only worse. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so sad. <sighs> well, which, shall we start with, we're going to start with the galaxy's most wanted, right? Yeah. Shall I give the summary a read? <clears throat> oh, this is a long one. Okay, Salt and Halo, thanks. All right, this is The Galaxy's Most Wanted by Sultan Halo. It was published in 2018, um, and it's just over 10,000 words. So nice little lunch break chunk if you're someone like me. And the summary goes like this. Dean had been the one always up to mischief, running around with his father's broken laser pistol and constantly getting into places he shouldn't have been. Sam, in comparison, always seemed to be the smart, studious one, until he reprogrammed the AI in the neighbor's house to play Happy Birthday at the loudest possible volume while keeping all of the doors and windows firmly locked. It had taken two experts seven hours to undo the coding that Sam had managed to integrate into the house's programming. So yes, they had been exceptional even from the beginning. And when John Winchester crossed one too many people, his sons inherited his beloved ship and took to the cosmos doing what they knew best, stealing. And they were damn good at it too. Almost unrivaled across their own galaxy and even those neighboring. Almost. So a bit of, bit of space gaze for us first up today. Space <laughs> pirate gaze. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so awesome. Now anybody who's listened to the podcast before knows that I am a huge space gaze fan. <laughs> we have an entire episode on space gaze, um, which we will have to remember to link up in case anybody hasn't heard that one. Um, but this, you're giving me enemies to lovers and space gaze? Yes, please. <laughs> and we even get angry sex later too. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, so we've got um, Dean and Sam who, so yeah, they're par- well, scavengers, basically pirates who will go and um, find the cargo or whatever of ships that are in trouble. Um, and steal it. And steal it. Um <laughs> And 
often they get they get there but someone has already been there first or and they know I think at the beginning they actually know of Cass like they know that it's him right just trying to remember yes. how this they, starts they off. don't yeah. like that it's him but they are <laughs> aware yeah so they were cursing his name and whatever um until eventually they both get to a ship at the same time and like actually meet each other in person um which is just really interesting because I think they've got that thing where they've they've heard each other speak before but never actually seen each other in person so they have that instant like oh no he's hot kind of moment (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then also the forced proximity thing where um Sorry, I'm just going to full spoilers on this because it's only short. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's impossible not to with the short ones, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess up front we'll have, we'll have to say that we are going to talk about spoilers during this episode um, because some a lot of these fics are a bit shorter. Um, yeah, so he, he tells it like it turns out to be a setup and, and Sam has to escape without Dean and he goes with Cass. So they have like a forced kind of... <laughs> Um, you know, snowed in kind of situation where they have to spend time together on, on Cass's ship. So Trapped there together. And as far as I remember, I don't think either of them actually got like the cargo they were intending to from that one either. No, <laughs> so, no. No. <laughs> no. So they completely failed. They have, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have quite the uh, the argument about that too. I think that's what leads up to their super angry sex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very um it's very Firefly this one really isn't it or at least it is yeah that way to me yeah I love it I think actually probably in the author's note yep <laughs> there it is <laughs> inspired in parts by Star Wars Guardians of the Galaxy Firefly etc yeah yep. that kind of kind of thing um it's just a whole vibe isn't it space pirates I mean we love it yeah I love that um. She- she's added a lot of details here too like the different things that they are like places that they go and um little things about the ship that you only get in like a space thing uh that's a really sorry my words aren't working tonight today I don't think <laughs> but do you, do you know what I mean like yes. she's built the kind of world around these these ships really well it's very detailed Yes, I really liked that even though they are in spaceships, she still had it so that Dean had to essentially manually fight this other ship. Like, you know, he obviously, instead of picking up a gun, like, jumps into a seat and operates the ship's guns, but it's still a very, like, Dean position to be in. Yeah. Um, Little bit Star Wars there. Yeah. I think it's fun. I like it. And they're just very pissy with each other like I love how smug Cass is at the beginning um like the first time they come across him like he literally just signs off with like until next time and then just steals off and like I don't know I love it (laughs) yeah yeah he is (laughs) I read this one last week um just after you posted them actually and I think like this is my first um space case I think that I've read ever maybe um and then immediately went and looked them all up and have a list. But, um, I really like that, like this one specifically. Like you know the um, enemies to lovers trope that's like knife to the throat. Um, this one has the gun to the back, and I just love that it it's there. Like that's my favorite thing in any enemies to lovers yeah. thick yeah. Yes. is that or or story actually um, is that um, 
that moment where like they come face to face and there's that standoff and I really I really think this fic did really well with that especially like within the danger they were in mm-hmm. yeah. it added some really without nice actually it. knowing it yep. you know yeah, and we've got the usual like self-sacrificing Dean here, where obviously he wants uh, Sam to get away safe, so he makes Sam leave, even though Sam is kind of freaking out. He forces Sam to leave to safety by himself, and leaves him there. He's stuck with Cass, who obviously at that point he doesn't like. Cass could kill him for all he knows at that point, I guess. Um, but I think that's fairly fairly typical of Dean. That's a very solid Dean character characterization there. Yeah. I don't know about you not being able to do words, I can't either, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I also loved at the end with um, when Sam actually gets, when he gets back in contact with Sam and he's like actually now saying, oh, Cassie's, he's a good guy, he's all right. And then Sam's immediately like, did you sleep with him? (laughs) 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 I feel like that's very in character as well for these two. Maybe early seasons, not so much later. (laughs) Yeah. I liked it. I don't know how much more we can say about this one, just because it is it is a shorter one. It is just ten thousand words, um, and it's. I feel like it's one of those stories where the enjoyment out of it comes from the writing, and you know, this is there's no like huge kind of plot twist or anything necessarily. You don't have space for that in ten thousand words, yeah. um, but so you you know like what's going to happen and where you're going to end. I must admit, the angry sex was a nice touch. Add, you can add in more of that to any fix, I don't mind. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it does what it does really well. Um, the writing is, is lovely. Like, anything written by Salt and Halo like, yeah. is always going to have um, lovely writing, I think. But it does mean that we can't really just tell you anything else that happens without just spoiling the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. So you're just going to have to go and read it, I think, for this one. Definitely. I'm starting to rack up more space gaze fix now. Like we, at some point, I might have to force us to do space gaze, <laughs> space gaze episode two. I've got so, so many not? more recommendations now. <laughs> Excellent. I'm totally okay with more of them. <laughs> so, let's go on to the second fig, which is um, going to be such a sweet surprise by Le Furlong. Uh, this one's actually really new. It was only just published um, earlier this year, which isn't long ago. <laughs> Um, it's 17,000 words long and it is rated mature and the, the summary goes like this. The 10 course menu starts off as an immensely promising and curiously understated list. There are hardly any details to the ingredients, leaving one to wonder what head chef Winchester is up to. Not much as it turns out. What? Bean's shout echoes through the kitchen. It's deadly silent. No one speaks. No one responds to him. That's for sure, because he'd probably lodge his favourite knife in someone's eyeball. He'll show Novak. He's going to personally invite the guy back for another round, and this time Dean's not going to screw up a single dish. It is so on. So basically, do not read this fic if you haven't eaten a meal for a while, because it will make you so hungry. (laughs) Yes. So it may only be rated mature for, like thick porn but there is a lot a lot of food porn absolutely (laughs) food porn yeah yeah so yeah this is like uh dean's restaurant where he's the head chef and Cass is a um a food reviewer who critic who comes to visit and um gives him a scathing review to start with (laughs) and then as you can tell he comes back (laughs) 
so Dane actually writes him, I assume it's an email that he sends him, or, or a letter, I can't quite recall, um, basically invites him to come back again, because he's so determined to, to fix to fix his first impression yeah. and then spends like a week or so I think of time basically just nerding out and trying to create the absolute perfect menu that he thinks the cast will love um, and I think one of the best things about this is that he has like a whole whole kitchen crew there so Garth is his boss and he works with Meg who is his uh, pastry chef there yeah. um, and they're all just, just making fun of him for the entire entire week I think is wonderful. I love it when people make fun of you. That sounds awful. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Dean, Dean gives it out a lot, okay? So sometimes he needs to take it as well. <laughs> he, um, he's very flustered in this one too, which I love. I love flustered Dean. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I think this one was like, it was so like that part where um, he's, he's received the review and he's so upset about it. Um, and then I don't know if this is spoiler or not, I don't, but, um, when Cass does come back and he confronts him about this review, Cass is just like, oh, like, that's my opinion. <laughs> he just doesn't understand why Dean is so upset. And I just, I find that so good. I love it. I love that in this book. Yeah. Yeah. He's out, he, he can't quite understand why Dean's taking it so personally. Yeah. He's like, well, some people love this and some people hate it. And I just didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, but, but everything else you've given me has been great. He wanted more and that's what he got. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I enjoyed about it is that Aftercast gives him his second review, which is probably not a spoiler to say goes much better than the first one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and later on in the story, there's, there's a brief mention of the fact that Dean goes looking for this review again on uh, Cass's blog, the good one, and then he finds that it's missing. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, what, what, what happened to it? You know, is it still there? And, and Cass kind of admits later that it might, it might have been just a little bit biased, just, just slightly. <laughs> yeah. I loved how smug he was too when he found when he when Dean like revealed that he'd been stalking his blog (laughs) he's like oh so you read it did you (laughs) but then he ends up owning up to basically doing the same thing to Dean (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) yeah that's right just going back and reading all these like previous reviews by other people and interviews and stuff all about Dean and that was why he apparently expected so much from him so and I like the idea that even when he was being critical like Cass was never doing it to be mean like he was holding Dean to a very high standard because he knew from all of these other reviews and things that Dean could do better so even though obviously at the beginning Cass comes across as kind of a jackass (laughs) when you actually (laughs) read it like no he just he knew Dean was capable of more than he was doing that first time yeah I guess this is similar to um the first fic in that um, at first, like before they actually meet each other, they're kind of like Dean doesn't like him because he's giving. Well, he's he's kind of a fan and that he's followed his work and whatever before. But when he gives him that review, he's like, "Okay, I hate this guy." But when he actually meets him in person and and sees him, he's like, "Oh my god, he's hot again." <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <saying> that. Uh, <laughs> they have that instant kind of, "Oh, like damn it, he's hot." Okay. <laughs> Okay, I can work with this. Actually, no, I can't keep it in the pants. Uh, 
Cass is a kind of a bit more forward than he often is in this one. Like he, he's the one who invites Dean on the date and they go on this little tour of the city and eat, you know, fried chicken and whatever. Like they have, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a recent fic. It might've been partially inspired by road food even. I don't know. Possibly. They don't say Yeah, it that. is quite recent. So yeah, yeah. this is uh, February this year. So it's, it is quite recent. That's what I was thinking as I read it. Yeah. So. But yeah, Cass is quite forward in this one, so that he is the one who invites Dean on a date. He's also the one who invites himself to Dean's for breakfast later. I oh, think. That's right, yeah. <laughs> or invites Dean over to come to his for breakfast. I can't remember which way round it is, but yes, he's yep. kind of horny. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the man knows what he wants. <laughs> so. Yep, yep. Can't blame him. Mm-mm. I really enjoyed Meg in this actually. I love like the little discussion that uh, they have where Dean is basically uh, annoyed with her because she's being a little too pushy um, about everything that he's doing and about Cass and everything else, and yeah. you know, makes a comment about her. Um, you know, some people need to eat food, not like human souls. <laughs> so I like. I love his kind of very antagonistic relationship with her in this one. Yep. Though he still enjoys her food, which is great. <laughs> She's a sheet devil, but she makes really good, really good pastries. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm trying to find a bit, like a foodie bit that I can read out because it's really lovely kind of food descriptions here. Oh, um, going to make me hungry again now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it all sounds delicious. Even the stuff where I'm like, oh, that's a weird combination. But it sounds exactly like something you'd find in a really like pretentious New York restaurant. So yeah, like, like at it. one point he's like talking about having like a, um, beef with like black garlic sauce or something that stays with you for days. And like, oh, I don't know if if that like I want it to stay with me for days. But that does sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow even in the like really critical review that Cass left the food still sounded delicious <laughs> so it was like, yeah. Damn it. yeah I did enjoy the Nantucket based scallops decorated with cranberry snowflakes and a sea salt meringue I loved Cass's second review because he was very flirty in it even though it was just a review that obviously he was posting and it was technically about food um, it could definitely be read in a way that was kind of him flirting with the end of it, which obviously is the way everyone else in the kitchen reads it. <laughs> yes. And Dean's just embarrassed and trying to get through to the food. Um, but I did like it when uh, Cass was just casually in his review the, that he bets with time he can get Dean to tell him quite a bit more about the magic he creates with his hands. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. like, really? In a public review? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> That's probably why he deleted it, I suppose. <laughs> That's the one thing. But it worked. Hmm. It did work, yeah. Well, I think Dean was already most of the way there by that stage, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you're in if you enjoy like uh it gave me that kind of Master Chef vibe where they're like describing all these, you know, different terms of <laughs> I'm just, I'm really bad at at foodie stuff like that but it sounds so delicious when it's described so yeah definitely give this one a read yeah i remember i don't know which chapter it was in or anything like that but i remember specifically there was like a description of like these like rabbit belly meatballs or something with like rosemary <laughs> and something else and i'm like somehow they managed to make it sound so good and i was just like 
I don't even eat, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yes, it definitely did have a little bit of a MasterChef kind of like foodie, definitely a foodie vibe to it. Whatever, whatever food serum you want to attach it to, but food as a metaphor for love that's one of the, the tags yes. it also has food porn tagged which is absolutely true <laughs> very accurate yes because <laughs> we're under seventeen thousand words again with this one so again there's not a lot of space for like a huge amount of plot twists or anything like that but i did like that dean actually kept him waiting a little bit like when Cass kind of first kind of inferred that he wanted to go out with him Dean oh, didn't yeah. jump at it immediately he was like Hmm. Let me see. I don't know. And then he lasted like two or three days or something. And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Right. You know, an effort was made. Just under seventeen thousand words, so it is quite fast moving in that sense. Um, it's probably a slower burn as you can get in that amount of time. I would say. Yep. But yeah, very nice. Very keep thick. Um quite hot towards the end and not in a kitchen way and then uh th- yeah it'll make you hungry what else do you want yeah <laughs> go and read it and pick yeah. out your favorite dish <laughs> yeah no recipes in that one that's a shame they could have <laughs> included a oh no no oh. i think there was a lot no, of because then i would eat them <laughs> yeah i was gonna say there's a lot of exotic ingredients like lobster and like truffle like a thing that you don't normally just have sitting around squid yeah ink. squid ink yes that one squid ink i have never heard of eating squid ink. Oh, have you? yeah i've seen like the Salt. um squid ink noodles and that that are all black and really awesome but i, oh, I don't know what it tastes like if it tastes makes it taste weird it looks it looks really awesome. yeah. Cass says it's salty but you know yeah <laughs> shall we move on to don't stop texting me then. Yeah, a much longer fic to talk about. So, Don't Stop Texting Me by Feel the Beat is 96,000 words. Um, so, it's getting to that point where I will call it a mid length fic and then people will probably yell at me and say, no, it's long. But <laughs> it's it's a decent, a decent amount of words, 18 chapters. Um, this was published in 2021, so it's moderately recent as well. And the summary goes like this. Castiel Novak is relatively happy living his solitary life as a Starbucks barista. He lives alone with a cat named Hamburger, and he has one emotional support friend, Gabriel. Unfortunately, he is plagued by the fact that some guy, see a random hot dude named Dean, is giving out Castiel's phone number as his own, and he's been doing it for months. So of course, when Castiel's at work and a hot stranger gives him his own phone number for the Starbucks rewards program, well, it doesn't go well. (laughs) I want to know how many people have, I was about to say, had a real life version of this fic happen to them. I I hope not, because that would be like seriously annoying. But (laughs) has anybody, (laughs) like, I've definitely had people text me that like somebody has given them their number and I'm just like, hmm, I was going to ignore that one. (laughs) Or just politely text back like wrong number and then just to just block it quietly just like oh. sorry whoever gave you this <laughs> yeah so. uh i love like this is okay we should probably start by saying that this um big the, the the premise and the the um summary makes it sound like an extremely 
cute and lighthearted, but it's actually a fairly heavy thing. Um, like, yeah. do read the tags. Um, it does have, you know, the graphic yeah, see, it's violence not... warning. It's got PTSD. It's got, uh, you know, domestic violence. Um, I was looking at that and I was, I was trying to find if it's tagged. And am I blind? I don't think it is, but I, I really think that that's one we need to give a warning for. And it's not. <laughs> It, it domestic is not. Oh no, it is. There it is. I'm just really blind. It's, it's on like the top, the top yeah. line. <laughs> like, um, literally, could not be more obvious. It's got like both go. of them having panic attacks. It's got, um, you know, actual some really dark stuff in it. Having said yeah, that, it so is, um, read the tags and actually read them, unlike me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it is a, a really beautiful story, um, and. It's sort of by the end. It's actually very soft. They're very soft with each other, um, and loving. You know. Um, yeah, the domestic violence is not between the two of them. It's external. It's something that Dean's yes. going through. So. Yes, it is not something that happens between the two of them. But that there is, in general, like a lot of uh, violence in this fic. Somehow, by the time I was done with it, I like the impression that it left was like quite soft like you said it yeah, actually yeah. because their relationship once they get past the initial kind of cast really disliking this dude <laughs> um which doesn't last too long in the kind of i mean we've got 18 chapters here so i think there's really only a couple of chapters where he's like convincing himself that he hates dean yeah kind of tries to tell himself that for a while but it's very clearly not the case <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they actually meet face-to-face in, like, the first chapter, right? Like, Dean comes in and gives him his own number, and then he goes, You! You! <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, but then, it sort of, uh, they, they come to this arrangement where um, Dean can't text people from his own phone, so he has been giving, like, he really appreciates the fact that Cass has actually essentially been pretending to be him for a while now and um because Cass started texting the people who who you know he was getting messages pretending to be Dean basically which sounds weird when I say it like that but it, it was actually really sweet of him to do that yeah it's a, Cass is actually very nice I feel like a lot of people would not have done what Cass did but for some reason he had you know he, he felt sorry for the people on the other end of the, the the kind of missing third person here I guess the person who thought that they had Dean's number as he initially thinks anyway yeah and uh then ends up just being Dean's paid answering service at one point yes (laughs) and then he finds out that he cares a bit more than he thought he did about what's going on with Dean so well because he sees all these kind of people that he's texting for Dean or that Dean is giving him messages to pass along to and you know obviously you can kind of they say, don't they, that you're like um, likely to be a sum of the five closest people you hang out with, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So clearly, if you have like a bunch of really nice friends that think good things of you and are always telling you that they love you and are like all, all on text messages, it just doesn't add up in his head that Dean is this awful person that he thinks he is when yeah. his friends clearly treat him that way. So, yeah. Jess, did you get a chance to read this one? Yeah, I, I did read this one. I um, 
I really enjoyed this one actually. I love the premise of it. The like give somebody a fake number thing and and I love like Cassine's kinda like um like that guy that doesn't want the confrontation, you know, doesn't want to disappoint anyone. So he kinda just goes along with it. And I really like how like he's so confused about the fact that Dean's not answering these people that seem very, very nice and very, very lovely. And yeah. um, I really like, he, he just seems very, very confused about um, Dean. And I think that really um, like later in the story contributes to his, his um, curiosity and like his need to get to know Dean a little more, which I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. I think as a reader as well, it's one of those things where as soon as you, how, how spoilery are we going with this one? <laughs> So we'll have to do at least a little bit spoilery thing. I think yep. there's a there's a certain name or shortened version of a name that as soon as that kind of shows up, the audience probably immediately cues in onto what is happening here, mm-hmm. or so, that something something bad is happening uh, with Dean. Like as soon as the name comes up, um, because it is um, do you find out? I think pretty early on, probably like the second or third chapter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's pretty early, it's early enough yeah. on that it's probably not a massive spoiler um, that Dean's. Um, the person who is making it so that Dean can't text people is um, Alistair or Al in this fic. So, I mean, it's pretty... I mean, anybody who's seen the show knows where they're going with that, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you just have this moment where you're kind of just waiting for it to click for Cass as well. And sometimes he's, like, saying something or doing something that you're then worrying because you're like, no, don't do that. That will make it worse. <laughs> but obviously Cass doesn't know. So it's... I, I kind of love that when the reader is clued in just that little bit before the character is clued in so you're just like you have that anticipation yeah oh every time he tried to call dean yeah uh i don't think we mentioned before that it's actually also um like a dom sub fic this one yeah Uh, it doesn't come in until sort of much later i think but um yeah i guess the thing that really helps dean to sort of calm down and come out of his um panicked kind of uh you know touch starved kind of state is that Cass just starts telling him what to do and that helps him to you know um yeah yeah and it's quite mild it's not like a very explicit um kind of you know that's not really yeah they don't, they don't have the scenes of kind of scenes or anything yeah. no um I think there is maybe one kind of mild uh scene thing going on later if I remember I can't remember um but yeah, it's it's more almost kind of an emotional thing for, for Dean, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's quite effective. Oh, the one thing I will say that like you know everybody needs to know about is is there there is a hurt animal in this week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because I know that's yeah. a tag that like really really bothers some people, so I'm going to put that out there that there is an animal that gets hurt um, in this story, but the animal recovers just fine. I know a lot of people that is. There's a website or something, isn't there, to do with movies where you can go and check if the dog dies or yeah, if the dog survives dog yeah, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's a pretty common um, thing that people want to know about. So I just kind of wanted to tell people up front, like, yes, the, the animal is hurt, but the animal is okay. <laughs> yes, so. it does survive. And um, I will say that Hamburger the cat is, like, one of the highlights of its big... It sounds... <laughs> it's just... You know, adorable and gives the emotional support that Cass needs to get through all this stuff that he's going through. Yes. 
And just how much Cass loves this cat is wonderful. Yeah, and he does what every cat owner does, I think, and just talks to the cat like it's a human. I love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other the other character who's brilliant in this is Gabe. Um, so, but yeah, Gabe is very supportive and um, just great. <laughs> this story is a really um, he doesn't take any nonsense from Cass. He's just like what are you talking about? This is how it's got to be. Even when Cass is having these panic attacks and everything, he just um, looks after him and, yeah, he's a great friend. Yeah, cause, and before, you know, before Cass and Dean have each other, Gabe is the one who is kind of looking out for Cass in that way. I guess he's the one who's, I think, the one who even kind of told him what the panic attacks were and, like, helped him through it. Because um, as in many stories, Cass doesn't have the best background in this one he um left his family i want to say like a year before um and he's kind of living by himself with the cat and gabriel's gabriel's his his he says his only friend but certainly by the end of the fic that's definitely no longer true um and i'm sure it's less true than he thinks it is even at the beginning of the fic yeah (laughs) but um yeah but gabriel is great in this actually like he's he's really there for Cass. um He's definitely still very Gabriel in certain ways. Yes. Um, but he's, you know, he is there for Cass when it matters and he doesn't take take any crap, which is, is nice. I like it. Yeah. It's a good characterization. Satisfying to read. Yeah, and we've also what got people like um, Jack. Like, he's got, uh, there's like a large collection of different um characters in this one that come in yeah. here and there large like... cast oh i loved bobby in this one i always love bobby and fix i just love bobby period but yeah <laughs> he he was he was great in this one in that he had actually kind of adopted like not just sam and dean which obviously we see in a lot of fix but also jack as well yeah. and then later on pretty much just like takes Cass under his wing as well obviously they're like foster kids basically aren't they yeah, and they all get to call him dad, and it's it's just very, it's it's like wholesome. an emotional moment. Yeah, it is. It's so wholesome. So, but he's still very much Bobby in the, the second that he finds out something. There's actually quite a scene which I probably shouldn't have found as funny as I did, but I did, <laughs> um, where the moment that Bobby clues in that something is not right with Dean and that something or somebody is hurting Dean he immediately pulls out a gun and just like aims it at the nearest person that it might be, which unfortunately is Cass. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's a little bit scary so like in that way. He's like, right. Yeah. He's like that friend who, when you go like, oh, someone's been mean to me and they're like pulling out a knife going, okay, who do we need to <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the worst part that I laughed at was just because, like obviously Cass is upset about this but it's also just like well you know check another another checkbox on the trauma list I'm fine <laughs> like, oh, yeah. just had a gun pointed at me but I'm alright <laughs> like don't worry about it yeah, but what else can you throw at me today like come on <laughs> yeah <sighs> poor Cass I did feel for him in this one I mean and Dean as well obviously because he was you know being hurt yes. on a regular basis but Cass just kind of goes from zero to a hundred with the whole thing um in a, in a matter of a few days, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's like anybody in this fic who doesn't have it rough at some point or have to witness things that would be 
you know, very difficult. So I think we we haven't yet touched on one of the main tags in this, which leads to one of the cutest scenes in it, but is also just an amazing tag, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is that Dean Winchester really likes Bath and Body Works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's this kind of ongoing theme throughout the story that Dean, in the relationship that he is in at the beginning, or was in uh, towards the end, um, was not allowed to have um, candles or things that smelled nice or, you know, something that he wasn't allowed to indulge in at all. And him and Cass end up having this really cute, like, not date, because they're not there yet, but they have this kind of almost date to Bath and Body Works, <laughs> where they have, like, a candle smelling competition. <laughs> yeah. It's really adorable. It is adorable. Oh, uh, no. And they pick their favourite ones and take them home. And, and it's like multiple times during this fic, um, Dean sort of does something and he's sort of like, oh, my God, what have I done? And Cass is like, no, it's okay, you can have that. You're allowed to have this now. And it just breaks your heart. Like, poor Dean. He, like, he's just he's, him finding out that he's allowed to have nice things is just such a heartbreaking moment over and over yeah. again. obviously this is quite amplified but like there's a certain amount of that like in like canon dean that we see where he seems to genuinely believe that he doesn't deserve nice things (laughs) just like no 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 and then he never got to have it you had to go there (laughs) (laughs) no look this fic has a happy ending i live here now (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> one of those AUs that Jack brought back and it's all happy. It's fine. <laughs> yes. One of the ones that Chuck didn't destroy. <laughs> Though if he wanted to destroy Alistair, that would be fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't really go there every episode, but we do. Oh, well. <laughs> it's not our fault. It's definitely the show's fault. <laughs> yes. I think they both they both have the the touch starved kind of thing since um I mean Cass hasn't really lived with anybody for a while and even that before that his parents weren't exactly very loving towards him I don't think and then obviously Dean wasn't allowed to be touched previously so when they do start actually touching each other they sort of can't stop <laughs> it's like as, as soon as that happens it's all on after that um which is just it's really quite hot mm-hmm. <laughs> yes and also sad in a way because you know they haven't had this and, and now they're they're able to it's like a relief for them i think there's a really nice um section later on with jody and donna whereas whereas um cass and spoilers gate as well end up no longer working at starbucks so through the, the plot of the story they end up losing those jobs um and so they go to work with um, Jody and Donna, who are friends of Dean's, and they own this like really adorable sounding kind of cafe kind of space, which has an amazing name, which I didn't like until I read it the second time. And then like you know, sometimes you say something out loud, but in your head, so you're not actually talking out loud, but you're like, yeah, is that just me? I don't know. <laughs> no, honestly, um, it's a thing. <laughs> there's there's an amazing pun in the in the name of that uh, cafe, which I did not initially pick up on and then just like kicked myself um um so the cafe is called flower um and then <laughs> it's called flower Mido, as in like oh yeah that's right 
dough, like the, yeah. Like yeah. bread dough. But the way it's like... spaced out, yeah. <laughs> but the way it's spelled out is kind of like, you know, flowers, meadow, all the rest of it. Um, but it's this amazing, like, inclusive, like, adorable uh, space that they have going on, which is just a lovely place for both uh, Cass and Gabe to work. And it's also where, like, Jack has his, like, um, meetings from school and there's like a very background character of Claire in this as well where they're like best friends at school and it's it's very cute I love it I love it it is oh I shouldn't yeah this fic also has a um later on towards the end has a they them Jack which is a headcanon that I love so I just I really love the scenes where um where like Dean like you said before Dean is very um uh, like afraid of making Cass mad and Cass just immediately jumps in and, and does these things like um, the one that comes to mind right now is um, when Dean tells him he can't he was never allowed to have candles and Cass just immediately lights all the candles he has in the apartment yeah. and like I just really love that that um, that softness between them that that like just the, the need to please Dean and and make sure he knows that you know he he's deserving of these things. I I think that this fic did those uh, did those things very well. Yeah, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I think the the yeah. fic had a really good method for m- making them communicate as well. Because no matter kind of what world we place them in, I feel like these guys always have some communication issues. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously at the beginning of this story are very literal. Like literally, like they're communicating <laughs> through phones, and it's just getting the wrong idea and all the rest of it um but in this one Cass has to make a promise to himself and, and to Dean that you know he will vocalize exactly what he needs from Dean and whether he's liking what Dean is doing because because Dean needs that like he can't kind of work out from himself at that point um and so it kind of really just forces them like they don't have any room to miscommunicate because Cass literally has to to tell him like I like this I don't like this I want you to do this I don't want you to do that <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, uh, you know, angst to get through at the beginning. Um, definitely could be a triggering story for some people. So make sure you read the tags and that you're comfortable with them. Um, or, you know, ask ask a friend who's read it or, you know, if, if necessary, DM one of us and ask. Um, but um, if it's if it's a fic that you're able to read, it's, it's just a really rewarding feeling fic, I think, when you finish it. Yeah, it all works out. In the end, it, it ends up with a very kind of wholesome and uh, loving kind of feeling by the end. Yeah, it's one of those stories that kind of like all wraps up very, very satisfactory way at the end. There is a sequel to this, which is currently posting. So in the oh, yeah. in the very final chapter, I think it's in the epilogue, actually, there are a couple of little kind of like seeds sprinkled ready for the sequel, but I don't think it like I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger or anything like that like it's very neatly tied up so you're not left wanting anything from just reading this first piece if you then don't want to immediately go on to a fic that's not finished yet so that morning like I, I just remembered that we were going to um say the the title of the fix at the end when we finished talking about them <laughs> I forgot to do that yeah. for the earlier ones but this one was called don't stop texting me and the don't is in brackets um by feel the beat Right, shall we go on to this cursed sanctum? Let's do it! Hey! Okay. Would you like to read your summary out for us, Jess? Sure, give me one second. Let me open it. 
Oh my goodness, this is a long summary. Who let me do that? <laughs> okay. 164 years after the expulsion of the angels from the Seraphim Garden, Dean Winchester has made it his personal mission to destroy every last one of them in any way he can, starting by evacuating the most fragile of their future followers, the children. Uh, but when a mission goes wrong and Sammy is kidnapped, Dean finds himself at the gates of the Legend Garden, then inside its walls, once said to kill anyone who comes near enough to know where they are. As Dean comes to explore his new prison and gets to know the Angel Keeper, he finds that maybe not all angels are quite so wicked. Will Dean find his way out of this cursed sanctum, or will, or will it kill him before he gets the chance? Maybe he'll discover it's not so cursed after all. Yes. All right, and this was your um, DCBB fic this year, right? I know, last yes. year, technically. It's Most got some recent season. It's got some beautiful artwork in it, uh, which I believe is oh, by Borador. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when they they sent it to me, and I just like immediately um, just gasped. It was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They did an I amazing job. Like, yeah, they they did really well. So, can you tell us how this, how the idea of this fic um, came about? Like, how did you come up with this idea? Um, so, this one um, was originally actually supposed to be my uh, 2020 DCBB, but um, things happened and it, it didn't work out. But um, originally, uh, I I think it was a Facebook video um, about it was like an information informational thing about um this garden that exists somewhere in somewhere there somewhere in uh europe it's uh it's a garden full of poison um plants essentially um and i thought that was like a really really interesting idea um so like kind of sat with that idea of just this this garden full of things that could kill you um for a few years actually and then um, tried to figure out how to put Cass and Dean in it, and yeah, it took a while, but that's always the fun part, working out how to get those two in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost got like a, um, a Beauty and the Beast kind of feeling at the beginning, like with, um, when Dean actually discovers the garden, like he's running away mm. through the woods, and was that like a part of the inspiration too? It, it wasn't um, oh. actually. It was. It uh, kind of came yeah. in after somebody. I think it was, one of my beta readers mentioned it. Yeah, and you've got like, that lovely oh, yeah, like that, rose motif going through as yeah. well. So, which uh, yeah, totally a coincidence, but definitely worked out well. <laughs> yes. <But> yeah. <laughs> I may, maybe just added it added to the. Um, you've got like a really brilliant, like creepy feeling to the whole thing, like when when he's first like you know making his way through the brambles and kind of into the um, forest that I, I I love it when people are able to get like that atmospheric kind of creepiness going on and you've done it so well in the in the early um, chapters of this one with it discovering the garden and everything thank you I'm glad it I'm glad I'm glad I managed to get there can't always tell you know when you're writing um, yeah it's hard to tell with your own you stuff want, sometimes yeah. isn't it no, yeah. I it, no it, it definitely came through and, and I think I actually agree like with Ellen specifically about that part as well because even at the beginning there was that like that same feeling of like in Beauty and the Beast where like they're 
running through the forest to try and escape and there's like mm-hmm. wolves and, and stuff like that <laughs> like there are no wolves in this but it's still <laughs> that like that feeling of like they're trying to escape and literally like the the forest itself is almost holding them back so in this it's like there are there are vines and nasty like poisonous things with thorns and <laughs> all kinds of things in this this kind of poison garden um and it does it really does have that kind of same like like atmosphere feeling to it so it was really good i loved it oh good i'm glad you enjoyed it (laughs) i liked that um that Cass was almost an unreliable narrator in that he doesn't we only get a certain amount of the story at the start and then you find out later like as it goes on what actually happened and how um yeah, he he's he's surprised that. Oh, hello, cat. Sorry, my my cat has just opened the door of this bedroom, <laughs> and and come in. Like, okay, fine. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, he's he's surprised that Dean isn't being hurt by anything. Like, he's not. Yes, hello. Um, he's not. He's going through the um, poisonous kind of plants that should have probably killed him, but they're not. Like, he's. Yeah, because Dean does seem to be. Um basically immune to everything in the garden which is something they kind of you know they bring up uh more than once and mm-hmm. don't really know why yeah. um though obviously you wonder if Cass even early on has an inkling as to why yeah. <laughs> um but definitely not something that's that's voiced and Dean just has other things to worry about <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's funny because there's a lot of this story where you know in theory they are trapped like Dean is kind of prisoned within this garden I mean he definitely views Castiel as as a part of his imprisonment early on Um, and even when that turns out not to be the case it's just the fact that they're both there like they're both just trapped uh, in this garden and yet somehow when you're reading it there's like a a section of it that is very kind of peaceful and (laughs) and calm and you kind of find yourself like hoping oh i hope hope you can just stay there forever good cat (laughs) and you know that's not going to happen because it wouldn't be a good story if if it just (laughs) went to that so you you know that's not what's going to happen but there's this part of part of me when i was kind of in that section where i was like oh i wish they could just stay here (laughs) (laughs) in their poison garden together (laughs) (laughs) and then poor sam yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we want to give away too many. Like, we've okay, we've already given away spoilers. We may as well. But um, yeah, oh, yeah I'm so terrible Sam. for spoilers. <laughs> so I suppose we should say, not this isn't even too much of a spoiler because you find this out like immediately at the beginning of like the first chapter. I think that was the first like chapter that's happening in the time the fic takes place. Anyway, um, that in this Sam and Dean can kind of have like a sort of telepathic bond where they can talk to each other um which is pretty cool because obviously we spend a lot of time talking about and representing the bond between Cass and Dean in stories um but there's a very cool bond between Sam and Dean in this one which obviously kind of comes in useful later on (laughs) um but yeah I thought that was cool because I don't think I've ever um read a story where their bond was that literal before mm-hmm. um so that was cool and you can also just see them like especially when they were younger just like driving each other nuts with it <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. i think that started like mostly out of uh you know like 
the te telepathic thing. It started as a, a, a plot convenience, and then it just kind of worked. I couldn't really take it out, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Writing there, like, in their head was really fun. Yeah, like, it, it works really well. Like, obviously it is, you know, convenient for the plot that something works, <laughs> yeah. but it also is just, especially for the, the world you have them in, mm -hmm. and especially the, you know, they're kind of saying, well, they're just, you know, perfectly normal humans as everything else so and you're like okay but why there's, there's clearly something special <laughs> um yeah they got some and obviously that's not yeah yeah it's not answered for quite a long time um in the story but you know it i think it definitely works to clue the reader off right from the beginning that like no there's there's something special yeah um I, we didn't actually mention at the beginning that um this world is like a one where angels have taken over um and sort of subjugated the humans i guess um mm -hmm. was that a, like a did you have like a backstory as to how that came to be i don't think that i remembered reading yeah like we get topic. a little bit of kind of what happened but do you do you have kind of in your head more of a backstory than what was needed yeah, for the, i'm the curious <laughs> about it <laughs> I'm trying to remember Sorry. how the story goes. It's been a very long time since I read it. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, basically, um, um, see, I don't, I don't know how much is, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much is clear in the first chapter, but, um, and again, I think I in the in the first it. chapter we have kind of a tease of it, and then we get more yeah. of a, a bit more explanation later on when, kind of the big climax of yeah, the story is happening the first chapter is um, more just a like a um the attack on the garden rather than um the humans so how did that so i think in my notes if i'm remembering correctly um lucifer and this might have been in the fic i really don't remember um lucifer um convinced the other angels that it was the humans that got them locked out of the garden um, and that's why that was his uh, kind of claim to the power to power. Yeah. Um, so that's why he was able to um, essentially like turn the humans into slaves. But um, why did he want? I don't remember. <laughs> I <laughs> really okay. should remember. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, I really enjoyed all of the like allusions in this to kind of like the Garden of Eden story that were then like mm -hmm. taken and changed slightly and and you know changed to, to fit this world um because it also kind of like gave gave clues really um as you were going along because obviously you know most of us know that story or some version of that story and you could tell that this was going to be slightly different but at the same time you're like okay but this mm -hmm. is supposed to be something similar to that because i think they even have a discussion about it where dean tries to call it the Garden of Eden and Cass just like no <laughs> and just keeps <laughs> correcting him all the time um, the um the actual is... sort of climax of the story when they do um oh don't want to give it away but you know um Dean helps to kind of break Cass out of the garden and all that all of that stuff is mm -hmm. so yeah. beautiful and dramatic and um really uh, you know, heartbreaking and everything. <laughs> um, I just wanted to tell you that I loved that chapter, like those few chapters where it all went down. Um, yeah. I thought it was, I, I couldn't stop reading this story for um, like the whole way through. It was great. Well, Ellen is praising your lovely emotional 
climax and saying how wonderful that scene was. And so I'm just going to lower the tone by saying how much I loved the like wink ink that turned up in this because uh-huh, yeah. it was brilliantly done. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had that whole the whole all of the kind of tropes relating to that that you know we 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 love with the the wing oil and like Cass never really having had anybody like touch his his wings before and the, all this kind of stuff and them already being in this kind of will they won't they place because mm-hmm. things have happened and Dean doesn't necessarily remember <laughs> things about this. it's a whole situation that they've got going on <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but you kind of add into that the fact that in in some ways this cast is quite naive like almost like the kind of early seasons cast that we had in some ways that like he's very very like worldly in certain ways and in other ways just very naive um and it just works out so wonderfully in this like i loved the the, the kind of winking portion of this it was brilliant it's just what they needed to tip them (laughs) over the edge i think (laughs) i'm glad you like the winking yeah threw that in there it's great loved it (laughs) thank you i also like the the symbolism with the color of Cass's wings and how you know he's he's in the garden and he's kind of i'm gonna say his wings are like polluted because that makes Cass sound bad but like you know he's been he is not he's been, pure yeah. anymore because of the yeah. garden yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah a polluted sounds terrible but, but. <laughs> yeah he's still cast he's still good but yeah he's definitely been polluted by the garden and by the, the actions that he undertook mm-hmm. to try and save yeah cast the angels out i should say really it's been a very long time since i even opened this fic so are you somebody that c- can read your own stuff or do you never read oh, your no. own stuff <laughs> no i post it and i leave it alone <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough because then i just you know pick it apart and yeah, and the same. Being like, totally different. Yeah. So I have to leave stuff alone for a really long time, so I can, like completely, almost forget that I wrote it, mm-hmm. and then I can go yeah. back and look at it a little more objectively. <laughs> but yeah, initially when I first post things, I'm like, no, I just want to tear them apart now. That's terrible. So yes. Well, because as soon as you press the post button, you'll see every single typo, every single oh yeah, mistake and. It's magical. There's something about that post button that just, I swear, it introduces new issues that, that were not there before. <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't even remember when this was posted. November, I think. And I, I haven't touched it. I haven't opened it. So, yeah. Remembering okay. anything that happens in it is it's difficult. Well, um, I'm going to remind you. Well, I'll tell you that um, I loved it. And I loved reading it twice. Um, it's like... A really beautiful fic. <laughs> so well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I was really glad to have an excuse <laughs> to read it because I I assume that it was when um, Ellen mentioned it the first time. I added it to my Mark for Later list because I wanted to read it. And then obviously this uh, trope came up. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now is my time. <laughs> yeah. um, well, while we've got you here, can I ask you about a different fic of yours? <laughs> um <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'll try to remember it. Well, well, it's you. It's Prince of My Heart. You're currently oh still posting chapters of that it quite one. regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell us about that one. You've been posting it for quite a while now, and it's up oh to like over three hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, words. That one. Um, how's it going? That one. Well, <laughs> that one was supposed to be five hundred words. Um, 
for Souptober in 2019, and uh, it's now 80, well, it will be 80 chapters by the time it's done, and I don't know how we made it from 500 words to 80 chapters. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's essentially um, a Bachelor AU um, where, you know, Cass is the prince, and, and uh, he uh, wants to get, well, I don't know. He wants to get married, so um, he invites. Uh, it's it's kind of also um, you know the selection, the book series. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. similar to that, um, or I've been told it's similar to that, um, where uh, Dean and and ten others are invited to the palace to get to know Cass, and um, it's essentially every single day of the. I think it's 11 weeks that they're there. Um, so it gets really into into every, every almost every minute of the, the 11 weeks that they're there. And it's almost finished, actually. Ooh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was, I think I've started, like I might've read the first chapter or something and then I thought that I'd wait until mm-hmm. it was finished and now. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep getting the updates and going, oh, it's still not done, it's still not done. Yeah, that's one I will definitely, um, It's it needs to be read over again. Um, I, I've been posting it over three years, yeah, two and a half years. Um, so there are uh, so many things that I don't remember happening. And I'm sure there's tons of plot holes and stuff. So I need to go back over that when I'm done and just <laughs> fix it. <laughs> But no, it's it's uh, a lot of fun to write, for sure. Awesome. Well, well done for you know keeping on going with <laughs> such a ambitious um kind of story. If it's mm-hmm. going to be eighty yeah, chapters. How year. how long have you been posting it for now? Because I said it's already over three hundred, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it just um, reached three hundred thousand. Um, I started posting it October 2019. Um, so that's been a long-term project. It's that's, been a that's long time. Yeah. Seen you through the pandemic there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely keeps me busy. Yeah. So have you already but written was... the whole thing, or are you just writing to like an outline? Oh, sort of oh no. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, yeah, no, I have um, I have an outline, and um, when I when I get ahead, I post on a schedule, but right now I'm not ahead so so I just kind of post as it's written and sent to my beta reader and and then I get it back and I post it but yeah there's um it is it is pretty regular though like I see you updating it like fairly frequently it's not not one of those uh things (laughs) subscribe and not get an update for like you know six months or a year and because I'm subscribed to a few of those where I'm just desperate for the next part and I have to wait like six months between updates and I don't know why I do it to myself but I do (laughs) I try really hard not to read uh, whips for that reason I'm just so impatient for for new new chapters so like I'll finish one and just immediately want to move on and and it's not there and it makes me so sad (laughs) yeah yeah. So I try to do regular updates with this one for that reason, but we'll see. <laughs> yep. Well, shall we um, recommend some more enemies yeah. to love the space? Mm-hmm. Let 
let's do it. I've got one. I'll pull out one of my uh, favourites, um, which I've read a bunch of times. This one is How to Regift Fruitcake and Other Tips for Surviving the Holidays by Museway. <laughs> it's um, a really long title. Is, it is. I love it, though. <laughs> it's definitely memorable, so it works. Um, this one is just over four and a half thousand words. It's 4,666 words, so it's, it's a one-shot, um, so it's easy to sit down and read. It's uh, 2015, so a little bit older now, um, but the summary just goes, the saying goes, you should love thy neighbour, but Castiel Novak was the neighbour from hell. So, um, yeah, this is just enemies to enemies to lovers. It's uh, They are next door neighbours who don't get along because they just misinterpret each other a lot, obviously, at the beginning. Um, it's a Christmas story, which is, is cute. Like, I, I read Christmas stories all year. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I, I read some random Thanksgiving ones the other week. Like, just, I have no sense of seasonality when it comes to things. <laughs> I'm just going to read this now, because it sounds good. Why not? Like, I want Dean stuffing turkeys today. Um, so, yeah, I read this one just a short while ago. Um, and yes, the, the Dean does re-gift Cass a, uh, a fruitcake. It's just, it's just the ultimate regifting thing, isn't it? I'm one of those people that actually enjoys fruitcake, so I, I feel like, you know, yeah, like I never it's a bad rap, you know? <laughs> I will eat the fruitcake if I'm even mine. I love fruitcake. Especially the one I make, because I like, I like soak my fruit in whiskey and stuff beforehand, and yeah. it's like, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no regifted fruitcake for me. If you get fruitcake for me, it's fresh. Just telling you. <laughs> you better be eating um, that shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I think later on in this uh, fit, Cass does actually find out that it was a regifted fruitcake. <laughs> so. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, so this fic, I, I won't give you too many spoilers, because obviously it is just a, a one-shot, and there's nothing I can really say without spoiling the whole thing. Um, but it is actually sort of quite sweet and lovely. Um, they just, as usual, don't communicate well, assume things about each other, and uh, and then it, it's it's quite soft, quite soft and sweet once it works out. So yeah, go for a nice little dose of uh, enemies to lovers with fruitcake. Definitely go and read this one by Museway. That's my first recommendation. I am going to recommend Tennessee Whiskey by my girl um, Trenchcoat Baby. Um, this one was published a, a couple of years ago. It's one of her earlier ones that she did. It's 21,000 words um, and it is about um, Cass and Dean, who are both um, country music singers, and it's set in sort of like the music scene in Nashville, and um, which I know absolutely nothing about, um, but that did not stop me from enjoying the hell out of this story. <laughs> they hate each other at first, and then they get to know each other, and um, turns out they're actually, you know, really well suited for each other. So some lovely smut, as always, from um, TCP. Definitely worth a look. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read that one, so it might be time to revisit, I think. Uh, Jess, did you have any that you wanted to recommend? Uh, yeah, I, I made a list here, but I'll just read um, one. Um, Pies and Prejudice uh, by Lionel Research was one I read a few years ago. Um, it's a Pride and Prejudice AU, AU um, but it's, it's also a Great British Bake Off or something like that. Oh my god, that um, so, sounds amazing. <laughs> it was it was really good. I loved it. Um, so Dean and Cass are 
contestants in this baking show and um, right from the beginning they're at each other's throats about butter and 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 just, I don't know it's it's really funny and it's really uh, it's really great um, Castiel is the Darcy character and uh, obviously Dean would be um, Elizabeth Bennett yeah uh, and it's just it's so um, funny and that you get clips from or like little snippets from the show where it turns out like Dean is actually uh, staring at Castiel's butt a lot um, which is really funny he gets really flustered about that and uh, yeah it's it's really it's really cute it's one of my favorites yeah it sounds adorable already <laughs> <laughs> I read it years ago I should I should reread it but it's it's definitely it's still on my top five anyway yeah yeah, I'm going to have to give that one a read. So I'm just like noting that one down. <laughs> a sucker for anything Pride and Prejudice related. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, da, da, da. I'm going to give a shout out. Uh, this is a longer fic. Um, and it's it's one for the creature fic lovers. So this is Breathing Into You by Cass Blackfeathers. Um, and it's a uh, merpeople kind of fic. Um, where obviously... You know, Dean was kind of raised to to hate um, mer people, um, not just because there was this whole like big war that that went on between humans and mer people, but obviously he has like his own personal connection and, and reasons to hate them. Um, but then obviously he finds himself in the middle of a storm, and then there's a stranger with blue eyes, and you know where it goes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a hundred and ten thousand words. Um, so there's a lot of like you know hurt, comfort, and trust issues and enemies to lovers stuff going on here. But anybody who wants a good enemies to lovers creature fic, um, go and give that one a try. One more, which is a, a little shorter one, um, is called Dean Winchester and the Goddamn Kill Steel. This is by um, Bending Signpost. I love this one. So this one's only like seven thousand words. Um, so it's just a shorty. And- so what happens is they're, um, they're, Dean and Sam are monster hunters, are like like hunters basically like they are in the show. And they go around trying to um, do different jobs and hunt like um, creatures. But a lot of the time when they get to certain places, the creature, like the vampires are all dead already or whatever, their eyes burnt out and stuff. Later they meet, um, Dean meets Cass and kind of, um, they kind of introduce each other as, as business people who travel around a lot and they hook up one time. And then as they travel around, they kind of, um, you know, organize to meet up again, like whenever they're in the same kind of area. But it's like Dean never really clicks that the places where they're getting their their kills stolen <laughs> um, is is where he meets up with Cass. So he's, he's, he's getting, uh, he's okay with it though, because on those times when they don't get the job done, um, he's getting some really good sex anyway usually (laughs) um and i just i love that um the dynamic of kind of um just hooking up but then it all being kind of a secret and i think it's just really good and obviously ben always writes like really the emotions are really high he's great at doing that so i enjoyed this one yeah I've, i've read that one before and it was it was fun i did enjoy it um Especially, you know, when they they work it out, it's always a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, when they finally work it out, it's like, 
you? And then, it, but then it's like, what are you? you? Because he's been, yep. you know, he's basically an angel and he's been killing everything. Yep. And he, and he, the way, like, okay, this is a bit of a spoiler, but he always, they always want to have sex with the lights out because, uh, so Cass always wants to have sex with the lights out because when he comes, he like blows the light bulbs out. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to so, trying to c- conceal that part of himself by not having the lights on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Dean's just like, oh, whatever. He's got a thing about not having the lights on. That's fine. Like whatever. <laughs> it's just um yeah quirky. I like it. Um, Jess, did you want to do one more from your list? Uh, sure. Uh, excuse me. I think you um you guys talked about this one before. Um, true as it can be by Welvin Wings, um, which oh, is, yeah, which yep. is oh we're back yeah, to Beauty and the Beast again, which I didn't realize when I started it. Um, it was a it was a nice surprise, but like I really loved the beginning of this one, the first chapter where it's kind of like um, like it's talking about. Uh, this beast in a castle um, that you can sometimes see moving behind the, the, the stained glass window or whatever. Um, I really like, I found it really creepy. Um, yeah. yeah. And then it kind of goes right into Beauty and the Beast and it was, it was really good. Um, and I, I really like their depiction of the angel in this, in this story. It's different. It, it's not one I've seen anywhere else. Um, he's more of a, like a shadowy figure than, than our, standard like six wing you know uh, thousand eyed thing um i really really enjoyed this one um and the uh (laughs) the talking furniture in this one is is um it uh, characters from supernatural which was really enjoyable i really like that yes i remember really really liking um like wardrobe armoire yeah. <laughs> in that. Yeah. I really liked it. So yeah, it was really well done. That's one of my top top favourite fix that one. I love it. <laughs> I have two more super quick recommendations I can do for ones which are like just kind of out there a little bit different, I guess. Go for it. Um so there's one um called Come I Looked and Behold a White Horse. Um I believe the author's name is pronounced Natchi, but I could be wrong. It's N-A-C-H-S-I-E, so that's a tricky one. Um, this this story is just very unique. I just read it recently while we were kind of like researching things for um, this episode, and um, this is kind of a Horseman of the Apocalypse kind of AU, um, where Castiel is pestilence and Dean is kind of the the only human that survived <laughs> kind of deal. Um, so yeah, it, it is short. It's like six and a half uh, thousand words. It, it's very different. Um, there is Mpreg in this one, so it's a tag that a lot of people like to know about. So that one is right there, tagged up front. Um, it's just very unique. Like, I'd not read anything like it before. Um, so I did want to shout out that one. Um, and then another one, which I really enjoyed, was Watch You Rise, uh, Watch You Fall by Ms. Lily Lashes. Um, this one is actually tagged as crack treated seriously. And it's definitely treated very seriously. Like they play it straight all the way through this one. Um, but it's a, <laughs> it's like a tag team wrestling AU <laughs> and they have it actually tagged as wrestling soulmates. Um, <laughs> so 
It's actually that Dean is a professional like WWE wrestler and he works for Crowley and he got injured um, in a match against um, Alistair. He got like badly injured um, and it could have been a lot worse than it was. And so he decides that he's done. Um, he doesn't, you know, he he's worried. He doesn't want to leave Sam by himself and that kind of stuff. So he um, decides that he's going to quit and Crowley isn't taking it well <laughs> mm. um so to orchestrate his his exit from the circuit he teams him up in this match um against castiel who you know dean has a certain impression of him that's not true he thinks he's a lot younger than he is he thinks he's like he's got a, just a really bad kind of idea of who castiel is which turns out not to be true at all um and obviously cast doesn't necessarily think much better of, of him at the beginning it, it's quite dramatic like if you, anybody who has watched wrestling knows that like they have these really ridiculously like dramatic storylines and like ridiculous things <laughs> yeah. that happen in wrestling and and they kind of like went with that for this story where there's like like big like dramatic like oh and then this happens <laughs> kind of, like, uh. they, they, they they just went with it they embraced the whole like wrestling like au thing for this one like i said they, they tugged it crack treated seriously and they really did like play it straight to the tropes on this one um, so yeah, it, it was it was just fun. Um, I've read one other wrestling fic before. I'm not like a massive wrestling fan, but I, I live with someone who is sometimes, so I have like enough knowledge to understand them, um, though probably not to be able to like work out the details. But yeah, this one was was fun and, and completely different to anything else that was on the list. So that's uh, twenty thousand words of Watch You Rise by Ms. Lily Lashes. Mhm. I I always found that fascinating with wrestling. It's such a, a blokey thing to watch, but then there's all this yeah. like melodrama about it's, it. It's, yeah, it's basically a soap <laughs> opera where they punch each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's unfathomable. Anyway, no, but I thought it was it was quite well done. In like, it was kind of almost meta in how wrestling like the dramatic storyline was. <laughs> so it was fun. So I guess that's that's all that we we've got in the list today. Um, uh, Jess, what are you? What have you got coming? And what are you working on at the moment? Anything we can? Yeah, this is the, the pimp your fix section. <laughs> so, tell us what you got coming up. <laughs> um, what am I doing? Mostly, I'm just writing. Um, trying to finish Prince of My Heart. Um, as you said, Mal, mm-hmm. um, 1920s band is coming up. Um, artist signups closed today. Actually, 20 minutes ago. Should probably mm. shut that off. Um, <laughs> uh, not much else. Yeah, just trying to finish Prince of My Heart before the end of the year. Oh, that's a good goal. Got to have your yeah. fit goals for the year. Yeah, especially when you've had something going on for that long as well. It'd be so satisfying to finish it. Oh, it'll be just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> like three years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Do you have something in mind to write next? Like once you've like, uh, closed that big one, do you have like another kind of big concept that you're thinking of? Well, there was one I started um, uh, years ago. I was still in my undergrad, and um, I had I posted a chapter of it, um, just kind of like threw it out there, um, and then started outlining um, the fic. And it's, it's probably going to be very large. It's called, what did I call it? Uh, Winchester and Co. Um, essentially, mm-hmm. the first chapter is, is up, but um, 
it, I haven't touched it in like three years, but um, essentially uh, Cass goes in for an interview at Winchester and co as Dean's assistant. Um, and it's one of those situations where everything goes wrong in the morning and like he's in the wrong suit and he's late and uh, he's in the bathroom kind of having a little freak out. And uh, this guy comes in and um, offers him his suit. And so they change suits and Cass is kind of, uh, you know, worried about his job and almost uh, bad mouthing his potential new boss. Um, and it, it doesn't actually happen in the first chapter, but the new boss is obviously Dean, um, yeah. who, just, who just did him a favor in the bathroom. And <laughs> so that, that sounds one, amazing already. <laughs> <laughs> that one is probably next. I, it, the, the outline's on my old laptop, so I'd have to dig that out. But uh, that's probably the next one. Once, yeah, uh, that sounds great. My heart is done. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming to talk to us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. No worries. <laughs> uh, so links to all of the fix that we talked about today um, can be found on our website, mixtapebookclub.com. And you can get in touch with us to tell us what you thought of these fix or, um, you know, suggest ones that we might have missed in this um, trope. Um, you can get us on social media. Um, we're at Mixtape Book Club at most of those. Or you can um, contact us by email, um, contact at mixtapebookclub.com. Or if you'd like to chat with us, you can come on Profound Bond Discord server and in our channel there. Or... Or you can sign up for our, our coffee um, subscription and come onto our Discord as well. Um, just, yeah, so, you know, we're not actually going to – this is what I was going to say earlier, but I forgot. Maybe I'll stitch it in. Oh, yeah, we're still keeping the PB. We're, we're going to keep – we're not going <laughs> to abandon um, Profound Bomb. We'll still be there um, to, in, the, in the channel there. We're really grateful to those guys for letting us have a channel. Um, and we'll be talking about – uh, the fix and asking for recommendations and stuff there too. So don't worry if you're a profound bomb person. Um, you don't have to sign up to, to add the other Discord to get all the scoops. Um, so yeah, we'll be there too. Next episode, if you'd like to join us again, we are going to be discussing a Regency AU fix. Yay! So I know this is a favourite of both of ours. So <laughs> yes, always love a Regency. Awesome. Um, so thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again very soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Mm-hmm.